Hey, it's Andrew, and today on the show we have Tina Todorovic, co-founder of Social Web Suite, a social media management platform for WordPress sites. We chat about why Social Web Suite built a product focused on WordPress and how they scratched their own itch in the process. We also discuss the authentic process that Tina took to collect user feedback during the beta period and the tools she used to do so. Tina also shared how they managed to reduce 80% of their support requests and increase retention using clear website copy and targeted contextual instructional videos. I spoke to Tina today who is at a much earlier stage than all our previous guests and I'm interested to hear if you think I should be speaking to more early stage startups. If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly on andrew at churn.fm. Enjoy the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Avrio, a collaborative insights platform built directly into your workflow. With a browser extension and web app, Avrio provides a new way to capture and share data analysis, user research, and learnings directly in context with your team. From data dashboards, Google Slides, and Slack threads, to inside of apps and team members' heads, Avrio captures all of your insights and creates a single source of truth. Visit avrio.com to learn how you can maximize your team's collective knowledge with Avrio. This is Churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael, and here's today's episode. Hey, Tina, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you. Um, so, yeah, as you know, we met on a channel in, uh, in a group in Facebook called SaaS Growth Hacks. Uh, for the listeners out there, I would definitely recommend joining it. It's probably one of the most active groups. I'm involved in on Facebook and you tend to see a lot of inf interesting information. You can ignore the name in terms of growth hacks. It's really uh, founders and uh, SaaS pros as well looking to try and improve their business and increase growth. So uh, I was lucky that we found Tina to join us today and Tina is one of the founders of Social Web Suite. Um, she'll do a much better job of explaining it and we'll jump into that in a second. But so, Tina, just thanks a lot for joining. And maybe you want to just give us a little bit of an overview of what Social Web Suite is uh, and how you help your customers. Uh, okay. So, uh, Social Web Suite is a social media platform uh, deeply uh, integrated with WordPress. <clears throat> so, basically, if you have a WordPress blog, we pulled all your data and everything into our platform. So, you don't need to copy and paste like you would do with other uh, platforms out there. Uh, however, if you don't have a WordPress blog, uh, I mean, first of all, why don't you have it? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's move from there. If you don't have it, you can use us with the RSS feed, YouTube, uh, and you can just uh, schedule and uh, send messages like the social messages as well. Uh, yeah. we, we are also proud that we have a seven minute setup. Basically, that means that we set everything for you and we schedule everything based on social media influencers like best recommendations for the times, best times to post on. So you don't have to think about anything. Everything is set and you just 
check it out if you like it. You just click yes, and that's it. Uh, everything is set for you to to like uh, start sharing your products and services uh, to the world. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, and what you said as well, like if you don't have a WordPress uh, blog, you should. I think it's very interesting, like looking <laughs> at the stats of how many websites are actually run by WordPress. And I think the yeah. last time I checked, it was run between 30 to 40%. Maybe you know better. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, I believe the of uh, so the last uh, I don't know the exact digits, but like it's like thirty two or thirty three percent of all the websites in the world are run on WordPress, which WordPress. is really <laughs> good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so interesting as well, like you mentioned that you're one of the only platforms that's deeply integrated into WordPress and it's built on top of it. So uh, I like the concept as well. I, I get it is like typically with the social media management platforms. You need to go in, copy the links across, schedule yes. them for times and send them. So from my understanding, like your tool really automates that process a lot for you as well. So whenever a new blog post is posted on your WordPress uh, site, it's automatically there to be able to be scheduled and sent out using such web suites. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. We have a few options. So basically, whenever you publish or schedule to be published, whatever yes. it's like published on a WordPress site, uh, that uh, post is automatically shared to all the social profiles that you connected, right? Yes. Uh, as well as uh, if you schedule it to be repeated afterwards, then we repeat it uh, afterwards uh, to like uh, other social profiles as well. Cool. Uh, and what was the decision then as well to focus specifically on WordPress? Like what led you there? What was the, the insight that you said, okay, we really need to focus and double down on WordPress? Oh, okay. <laughs> so our story is, so my husband and I are both co-founders and uh, oh, wow. we have been involved with the WordPress community uh, for yeah. a few years now. Uh, and we have been involved in volunteering and organizing WordCamp Toronto uh, for three years, uh, 2014, 15 and 16. Uh, my husband also wrote a book about uh, WordPress team development. <clears throat> So we have been, in, uh, as I said, in a WordPress community for so long, and uh, we have a, a, pl a plugin uh, for a buffer that connects WordPress site with buffer, right? Yeah. And we had a lot of users asking us for uh, additional features, which we couldn't really uh, add to the plugin because uh, th those features are added by buffer and we are not really connected with buffer, right? <laughs> so we yeah. just made that plugin. And that's how we saw that there is a potential in the market. And uh, that's how we just sat down one day and like, oh, let's make our own social media platform. And that's how it all started. <laughs> that's how it all started, yeah. Uh, and then, so maybe you want to let us know like where you're at today, um, how long you've been going actually as well, and how many uh, users do you currently have? Okay, so uh, we have been in beta from 2017 March to uh, January 2018, so gathering users' feedback. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we have been uh, officially like live from January uh, to 2018, so that means like a year and a half. Yeah. So we are fairly new. And how many sites in total are using Social Web Suite? Uh, okay, <clears throat> so basically you can see that uh, publicly. Uh, we have people that are not using us with sites, but like for the sites, <clears throat> we have over 700 sites. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can, as I said, you can see it because our plugin is uh, on a WordPress.org repo. And yep. you can see there that uh, active uh, site usage is over 700. So like, it seems like you're getting some good traction there, been going a year and a half in public and have over 700 uh, users. 
yes. on the platform. So during this time then as well, you must have, <clears throat> during this time you must have as well learned then quite a bit as well in terms of usage and trying to understand sort of what churn and retention looks like for you as a new business. Yes. Um, yeah. So you say that yes uh, with enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> well, <clears throat> like, uh, uh, and I'm guessing everybody who uh, like starts out, they, they have to figure it out like a bunch of stuff, right, going on. Yeah. Uh, we were lucky, as I said, we were lucky that we were in beta, so we were free. And uh, we had a really good, uh, like we were lucky that our users are giving us like a lot of valuable feedback. And that, that's like the number one thing that I think it's uh, for reducing churn, right? Because if you have users that are providing you with feedback, you know how to fight <clears throat> those stuff in the uh, in the future, right? And sorry, I'm like a little bit under the weather, so my throat is a little bit sore. Sorry, no problem. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, that's how we are. Uh, we started fighting it. Uh, basically, we tried a few different approaches. Uh, when you have a software, uh, you always try to be um, like the best UI and easiest for users to figure it out. Like they don't need to think about it, how to use it and those types of things. And that's, that's the number one thing that everybody <clears throat> tries to be good at. But uh, uh, if your software is not that simple and if you are trying to do more stuff, not just like one thing, like for example, uh, you know, uh, screencast, you, you only have like a screen share and that's pretty much it. And it's also self-explanatory. You don't need to like think about it, how to use that, like, right? Or like a print screen or those types of things. <clears throat> but like, if you want to do more, uh, then you cannot be that simple and you have to figure it out how to uh, get your users to be able to use it like easily. So that's, that was our number one goal from the feedback that we have received from a bunch of users, right? Uh, yeah. So what we, and we, we, we said that we were going to talk about it. So what we uh, tried and succeed uh, was that, uh, first of all, obviously your documentation has to be on top. But th with that being said, I've noticed from the customer support that not a lot of people actually read. And although you're trying to have like everything in your docs, uh, at the end of the day, trust me, people <laughs> will be always contacting you rather than to read your documentation. Uh, <laughs> but the videos helps a lot. So if you can basically uh, record the short videos, like two minutes, one minute, three minutes, it's better if you have 10 three-minute videos than one half an hour video because simply people don't have time nowadays and they don't want to watch a longer video yet. And if they are just looking for a thing like, you know, one or two features how to do, they are not going to go, uh, go and watch like your half an hour video. They're just going to watch it for two or three minutes and that's it. They, they, they're just going to find that, that one or two features that they want to implement, right? Yeah. Uh, so that helped us like a lot. And I mean like... Um, Probably over 80% of our support uh, dropped when we introduced the videos. So that's like huge, huge, huge. Uh, so that's, that's the number one that really, really helped us as well as, uh, so basically we recorded all those videos. We put them on Vimeo and YouTube and we put them within our uh, platform. Okay. So if you are inside and you, you know, scheduling messages or you do anything, you can just always click on the video and it shows up, showed up all the videos from that, for that feature. So you can watch it right there. You don't need to go anywhere. 
Yeah, so making really contextualized and focused. That's, yes, yes. So that's that's the thing that basically helped a lot as well as with the churn because, uh, you know, when they come and they they they, they can see that uh, there is a whole, okay, yeah, there is a video here, they, they will not simply go away immediately, right? They will try, since they are already there and registered, they will try to, uh, you know, use the platform. Yeah, I think this is like speaks to a couple of different things. Like the one mm-hmm. you mentioned, people uh, don't really view the docs, but there are certain people that do view docs. Uh, there's other people that prefer video. So, like one thing you've looked at now, then by the looks of it, is like having different mediums in which people can consume content and can understand and learn about your product is really yes. critical. Uh, and then the second one, as you mentioned, like really having contextualized messaging. So it's not about just like setting up a drip sequence where you try and teach your users about every each and every individual feature and how to get the best use out of it, but really making it timely and focused. So when they're actually trying yes. to do an action, have information there for them. Yes, yes. And, they, and it's on the top of our uh, platform. So basically like a, a button uh, with a different color and you can just click it and that's it. Like it, it's there. So and then you, you just close it and you you continue with the creating of messages. So it's like really, really easy for users to figure it out. Although we do have a drip campaign as well. Yeah. So we do both, but we did a lot of testing, <clears throat> obviously. Uh, we did a lot of testing. We, uh, we introduced videos basically uh, on onboarding as well. Okay. So when you onboard, you, uh, the video pops up and then you can watch it if you want. And then we had a tooltip uh, that basically, you know, like small, <laughs> that used to be in Windows, like the small, uh, what's it called? Ziggy. Yeah, you, you remember that paperclip, right? It so, wasn't very uh, helpful. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so the, the, I'm similar to this, right? So the yeah. tooltip that goes uh, everywhere and like explain to, to you which different parts of the products are and those types of things. Uh, what we found out is that uh, from videos, we had 100% subscriber rates. So basically, because we we offer free trial for 14 days, you don't need to have a credit card. And uh, so you can try it for free. If you don't like it, you can just go. Yeah. So from video, we had like a, a whoever gets the video, get like immediately subscribed to us. For tooltips, it's not 100%. So basically, the video, help, like obviously videos is like num- the number one for everything. Uh, in the drip campaign that we also do uh, in the that uh, 14 day uh, sequence, uh, it's also a customized drip campaign. So for example, we uh, follow our user, uh, what are your actions? Yeah. So if they didn't finish onboarding or if they didn't um, share anything, uh, that's a different, obviously, uh, message sent to them, like email. And in every email, uh, it's a, a click to our videos. Like uh, the, the videos are embedded. embedded. So basically, yeah. if you haven't connected any social profiles and you want to share your messages to the world, like via social profiles, that's like, obviously, you have to do that, right? Because other way there is no way to, to share it. So we send a, an email uh, and we send the videos, how to connect your uh, Facebook, how to add Facebook, how to add Twitter, how to add LinkedIn, etc. Yeah. So that's like also customized as well. So you got a lot of success then out of these videos themselves. And yes. uh, I, I'm interested as well, just to understand the process about going and sending them up. How did you go about producing these videos? Like what are the tools that you used? Uh, I imagine like, the team can't be that big as well that you have a dedicated video producer. So I'd be interested to sort of hear uh, <laughs> how you got these set up in the early days. 
So uh, because I am the one like doing a bunch of stuff, uh, obviously, as yeah. everybody uh, here, and I'm, I'm not a developer. So if you ask me technical questions, I don't know if I, I can answer all of them. Uh, so we have a team of developers <clears throat> uh, working for us. But I, I try to do everything else. And uh, I was the one recording the videos because simply I am the user, right? I'm not a developer. I am the user and I'm the average user. And I know like what are the pain points of the users. Yeah. So uh, if you want to record the video and if you are a developer, let your other technical, non-technical <laughs> co-founder record the videos. That's my two cents. Um, so I have been recording them and uh, I have been sending us uh, sending them to. Uh, so we have the we found the two uh, over voice voiceover. Uh, that basically I uh, set up the I wrote the script, I record the video, and then I send it to two people that uh, we found uh, for voiceovers that they don't have an accent. Okay. Simply because I think it's easier for people to understand if, you know, uh, native speakers, native English speakers are speaking, right? And I'm yeah. not. So that's why we uh, we uh, figured it out. And one is a male voice, one is a female voice, and they're really good. I mean, we like them. Uh, and then uh, all that we sent to our front end developer, who is also who who is also good with video editing. Like that was his job like twenty years okay. ago. So yeah. <laughs> everything is within a team. <laughs> so, so you had people as well then, Tony. Did, did you look yeah. at any sort of tools on the market that allow you to sort of do screen recordings and then uh, create, I think so, like Wistia has a tool called Soapbox and likewise, I think there's another tool in the market called Loom. There's a couple that allow you to do these screen recordings and voiceovers. Was this something that you looked into <laughs> I looked into it. I didn't quite like them. Uh, yeah. The only tool that I liked is Camtasia. Okay, yeah. But because I am not a producer and I'm not a video editor and I don't know much about it and I don't have time to learn all that stuff simply because we were lucky to have that front-end developer that knows stuff, right? So I yeah. didn't have to learn. <laughs> uh, so, but he's using Camtasia, I know that, for video editing. So basically he edits if, uh, like all the videos, he uh, add uh, music in the background, like, you know, put voiceover and <laughs> everything that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, so I and I know that he's using that for my uh, screen screen share, like just the screen <clears throat> screencast of the videos. I am using like simply the screencast IO or something. Like it's really cheap. I can send you the uh, the uh, the exact name and the link. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean they have a free version, but uh, even if you are paying, it's like maybe twenty or thirty dollars per year. Like they're like super cheap, yeah, super cheap and they're, yes, and they're super, super uh, useful. And uh, as I said, they are, they're great in, if you are not uh, knowledgeable with like all the, all the things that you need to do, right? Uh, if you just want to record a simple video and send it to your users, that's like pretty much it. Yeah. If you want to, uh, obviously, if you want to record the, like uh, professional videos, that's a different stuff, that's but different. this is for, yeah. Yeah, but, but I think definitely as well, specifically at the early stage as well, the sort of more rough around the edges makes it a little bit more personal and uh, like more human as well. So I think oftentimes maybe people will try and have perfection from day one and it's just not what's necessary at the time and yes. specifically think about your users. I'm interested as well, like you mentioned, and it's definitely something like I think a lot of people make in the early stage as well when it comes to like writing documentation or putting together videos uh, is we often forget how complicated our products can be to newbies and 
Uh, you mentioned like yourself being a non-technical uh, co-founder, like uh, you would definitely advise others going through this process uh, do the same. What led you to this? Like, why did you think this is important? Uh, well, simply because I wanted to reduce our customer support, right? <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, and then the other thing is, uh, I have been uh, in this world for like a long time and uh, working, uh, like living, <laughs> living and working with a developer, right? <laughs> yeah. um, well, trying a new software, you always, I am, I'm the type of person that always goes and read the documentation or watch the video before I actually contact anybody. Okay. Uh, if I don't. Like if I want to try, if I have to figure it out how to use something. Uh, so basically, uh, coming from my uh, perspective, I would like uh, for like I hate when people doesn't have uh, uh, documentation or they don't have videos, and now I have to rely on their emails. And I, you know, you don't know if they're gonna reply immediately. And uh, because we we had an agency before, uh, and we have a, we had a, a lot of clients. Uh, we we use a lot of software, and we needed to you know we needed uh, to implement those softwares within a period of time. So I didn't really have time to waste on like waiting for uh, for them to reply via email, and then via email the communications can be misunderstood. Yeah. So you you go back and forth a few times instead of like just having one video and explaining uh, one functions what to do. That's pretty much it. Like that's my two cents. And uh, as I said, uh, as I said at the beginning, that's why it's really important to have uh, you know uh, short videos like explaining things how it works. Basically, how I recorded ours is I did all the things right. So like click here, do this, 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 and th those types of things. So that's like, yeah. those are like instructional videos. Those are like different than promotional, but the instructional videos are really, really important more maybe than promotional. Absolutely. For turn, uh, especially. Yeah. <clears throat> and so these videos, they all came out of like user feedback that you're receiving in the early days. Um, yes. What was the process like during your beta period? Because obviously I think like, as you mentioned, you know, the user feedback at the early stage is definitely one of the most powerful ways that you can, um, yes. improve the product, which ultimately is going to decrease churn for you. How did you go about collecting feedback from your users at the early stage? What was, was there some sort of methodical process or uh, how did you do that? Uh, so we had a lot of <clears throat> different things. Uh, so we had a semi-automatic automatic process as well as I was the one actually sending emails to everybody. Uh, although people think that... Uh, there is usually a script there. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, it wasn't really. Uh, so I was the one sending emails and I was the one like communicating with the people. And I don't know if everybody uh, saw that uh, it was me, uh, not just like some robot or bot somewhere. <clears throat> uh, maybe that's why they replied. I don't know. Or we were just lucky. Uh, the, uh, the other thing that I also found out when like talking to people, uh, the, the other thing that helped us as well, uh, it's like the, uh, we call it onboarding wizard. So basically the onboarding process, you want to make it as easy as possible. And yet you want to put everything in that onboarding that is essential for your software to work. So for example, as I said, like at the beginning, we didn't have that onboarding process because we thought that. We came from the perception that if you want to share something to your social profiles, obviously the first thing to do is to connect your social profiles, right? I mean, yeah. makes sense, right? Well, not everybody thinks that, <laughs> yeah. right? So 
uh, we figured out that. <laughs> so when people start asking us, oh, well, nothing has been shared. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't really connect any social profiles. So uh, that's why maybe it's nothing shared. And uh, so that's how we figured out that we have to have like some kind of onboarding process to, to uh, tell people what they have to do in order to use our software. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, and I'm pretty sure that everybody went through <laughs> as much as we, uh, that wizard and onboarding process is changing. Uh, first of all, simply how uh, you are involving as a software and then uh, from the user's feedback as well. So you are adding some stuff or removing some stuff and those types of things. And at the beginning, I told you that we had like that seven minutes set up simply because we wanted to, uh, like, we try to make that onboarding as best as possible for our users. Yeah. Because, you know, and nobody has time. Everybody is like busy. They want <clears throat> to make it work. And that's it. For sure. So that's the other thing that everybody should have, <laughs> like the onboarding. <laughs> yeah. I think with onboarding, it's one of those tricky things in the sense with time, because uh, when you think about it, like the, and from a user psychology perspective, the first time they're signing up for your product, they're coming with this excitement that your tool or solution is going to potentially solve their problem. So yes. the most attention you're probably ever going to get from your users is going to be during that onboarding phase. Um, yes. And a lot of us, like we typically try and like think from the mindset, like how do we reduce friction? How do we make it as simple as possible and like not bother, like an in inverted uh, commas, bother our users? Um, yes. But I think what it's really important is to understand like there's two different types of users typically as well. There's multiple types actually, but typically there's the type of user that just wants to get on with it, get started. You're a little bit more sophisticated. Uh, whereas you have on the other side, you have your users that want to be handheld and want to be shown and striking a balance when it comes to onboarding to make sure that you're able to cater to both of those like sort of uh, levels of sophistication I think is also very important yes 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 we have the I also offer free uh, demos to anybody who wants yeah. uh, and I can set it up everything like while we were talking uh, here like live I can set up everything for the user so the user can see how everything works if that's something that uh, people like so basically, as you, as you mentioned, there are like uh, different uh, types of users. Somebody likes to do everything by their own. So that's why you have to have like the onboarding and videos and documentation because they will simply try to do everything. But they, they like to, you know, figure out their, their stuff. And yeah. then others likes to be shown how to do things. So uh, that's why you have to have like all, all the options for all the users. <laughs> Exactly. And I think in the early days, well, it's quite difficult and you need to make sure that you're prioritizing and spending your time in the best way possible. As well of course. So. Yes, yes. Uh, cool. So we spoke a little bit about onboarding and uh, stuff. I think because as well, it's still relatively uh, young now. You're about a year and a half uh, mm -hmm. into sort of like being out of beta. Uh, is there any sort of other things that you've looked at or you've tried to work on to try and increase retention? Um, uh, you have to be responsive, uh, like the customer support, you have to be responsive. So if users have, uh, for example, we are uh, connecting with uh, like different social platforms, right? And uh, yeah. sometimes those social platforms doesn't work or the user changed the password. For example, if the user changed the password on their Facebook, they have to authorize us again. And that's not, there is nothing that we can do about it, right? 
uh, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, we tried. <laughs> and um, so those types of things, when user actually contacts you and say, okay, you know, my uh, I cannot post to Facebook anymore, you have to... Uh, you have to figure it out what's going on and tell them, oh, yeah, sorry, it seems that you, this, 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 uh, please, you know, uh, do this, 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 and uh, that's it. So you have to try to uh, answer your users as quickly as possible. Yeah. Obviously, there will always be people that are just here to lurk. And, you know, they are, uh, they are uh, affecting our churn rates, unfortunately, but they are not truly uh, the users. Uh, the other thing that uh, also help is uh, to be um, basically to be good on your uh, website. So basically just put on your website like simple words what your product does. Do not do use like some marketing jargons that nobody understands because you will get a lot like your turn will not be good. And I can tell you right now, because people will don't know, uh, they will come to your website, they will think that's the solution they'll need, and then they will figure out that's not. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's other that's the other thing that uh, that we learn, and uh, that is uh, really important. Maybe you will have less users trying, but those users will stick with you because that's the, they came to to try your platform simply because that's what they need, right? Yeah. So what you're saying is making sure that you're aligning the promise that you make on the marketing side with the value that the product actually yes. delivers. Yes. Uh, it's interesting. Like, how did you, what did you actually start out with when you came to this realization that you you needed to fix the communication on the site? Like, how did you start promoting the product to begin with and then realize that it wasn't the right way to be doing it? Uh, you know what? You actually what I I read a bunch of stuff online and like a lot of books and I will send you the links to like uh, uh, the the few books that helped me. Uh, so uh, you 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 have to read a lot, right? And uh, the the one thing that actually sticks uh, on my mind uh, is that use the uh, jargon from your customer support. Yeah. So uh, how the customers are contacting you, like what, like the same jargon that they are actually asking you for some stuff, that's the same wording that you will use on your, on your site. Yeah. Because that's, that's what they want, right? That's, that's their uh, pain points. Absolutely. And uh, that's the one thing that we did uh, and uh, changed a uh, little bit of wording because I know as I said, I know because uh, we are fairly new and, you know, when you when you release your new website and you want to target your product, you want everybody to use it. So you are trying to be broad and you are trying to be, you know, to use some uh, words that are like uh, trendy and everybody's using it and you think that's yeah. cool. Uh, I don't think that works. <laughs> and I actually I know that doesn't work. Uh, so you have to be uh, on top with the, uh, within your users. So basically use the same jargon that they are using and that, that's how people are going to find you, like the valuable people that are going to stay with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think this as well is like a very, very good point. Um, when it comes to comms and communication, I think there's different stages and different phases of growth when it's critical to talk yeah. about different things. So like definitely at the early stage where you're just getting started, there's no brand recognition on your behalf. Like people really need to understand and get what you do in a matter of like seconds. Yes. Uh, so if you're trying to fill your page up with marketing jargon, uh, then you just lose your customers uh, from the get-go. So it's important 
to be specific. And I really like the point you made as well of like actually listening to and using the words that come out of your customers' mouths. Yeah. Essentially, it's at the end of the day, that's what they understand. That's how they communicate. And maybe yes. the way you talk about your tool or where you see your tool is not how they do. And the, the more you yes. try and shove it down their throats, uh, like you're just going to hit dead ends and hit the wall. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this sort of, you were collecting this customer feedback coming through support. Did you do any other sort of surveys or work with your customers to understand what copy should go into the site? Or was it just purely from what was coming through in the support channel? For the site, well, for the site, we talked to a few people as well. Uh, the people that are uh, doing this for a long time. Uh, and uh, we gather their feedback as well as our users' feedback. As well as we are using the Hotjar, Facebook Pixel, like everything, <clears throat> Google Analytics, and like a bunch of other stuff as well. So we are gathering users' feedback. Like the Hotjar is really good. Um, I would recommend to everybody. Uh, I don't know if they have a free plan i think that they have a free plan i'm not sure now we are like we have been paying for forever so i'm like i don't know but yeah we are paying for it but it's really well worth it and uh, that's that's the thing that you should be using we are using it on our platform as well within the platform so we actually can follow up where users uh click and what if they are stuck on somewhere so we can improve that that particular uh feature Yep. So yeah. just for the listeners as well, because I don't know if you know either as well. I actually work at Hotjar. Um, oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So Hotjar actually provides a suite of a suite of tools for feedback and analytics. So we yes. they have things like session recordings where you can actually watch. Session yes, yes, yes. That's what we actually use. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see where people are clicking and scrolling yeah. and how they interact with your site. It, yeah. It's super powerful in the early days because I also used in my previous startup like. When you're really trying to understand how users are using yes. your tool and what they're interacting with, like yeah, that really has like become invaluable in understanding where you need to fix things and understand like where people are getting stuck. Yes, that's that's perfect, even for the website as well. Simply because uh, you you can see where if they are clicking only on your homepage or they are clicking on some other pages and which. That's really important as well. Uh, you can see there as well as Google Analytics, so you can maybe. Uh, work around those pages and make them better than yeah. the rest of the pages because everybody's going to, you know, homepage and maybe two or three pages pricing is one number one after like homepage. Obviously everybody wants to know how. Um, sure. So th those are the things. Uh, and then uh, those are the things. Yeah. That I would recommend. <laughs> that you collect. Very cool. Um, so with this sort of knowledge now starting a new, um, company now and having a new software like if you had to do it over again and you're starting at a new software and you see retention is not so great like what is one of the first things you'd want to do differently or you'd want to do at a new company if you had to get started looking at retention and churn hmm I guess well first of all I guess uh, we would uh, release the product earlier <laughs> uh, we are we are a little bit OCD, so uh, we we waited until we were like hundred percent sure that everything is working and everything is good, and you know now it's valuable. Yeah. But uh, but you know we are all talking about MVP, and yes, you should release it as soon as it's like MVP. You don't need to wait 
longer for to gather users' feedback. So that's that's the number one. The the second one, uh, as I said, now they, now uh, that I know about the uh, how much uh, videos help us and how much uh, user onboarding help us, uh, I would do that uh, immediately. Like I wouldn't wait. It gets until we, yes, because we we were we were uh, adding more features and you know trying to uh, expand uh, our uh, offerings from the obviously users feedback because that's the other feedback that we were receiving. Oh, do you have this? Do you have this? When when are you going to implement and those sorts of things? So we were trying to do that and we were actually uh, adding more features all the time. Uh, but maybe uh, onboarding is the number one, and then uh, and then adding more features afterwards. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that often gets left behind quite a bit because yeah. you get so much demand from customers and you're trying to meet their needs. Yes. But you tend to forget as well, I think, by having a really solid onboarding, you're actually meeting their number one need, which is solving yes. the initial problem they came to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, I was also talking to uh, Aaron, Aaron Crow, and yeah. uh, I think last year, and uh, he had uh, some uh, uh, valuable feedback for like uh, all of us. There were like a webinar or something like that, and uh, explaining uh, SaaS uh, owners how to, you know, better retain the users and those types of things. And yeah. the thing that strikes me the most is like find uh, at least one aha moment. For your user, yeah. So that, and that's pretty much it. That 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 basically sums it up. If uh, you if the user comes to your uh, software uh, the first time and you don't have that aha moment, then yeah, you're losing it. That's pretty much it. They're, they're leaving. So you yeah. have to find it. You know, at least one uh, for the user to actually stay with you. Yeah, and so that aha moment is really like that point in time when they first see value from yes. your solution, and yes. they first say, "Okay, yes, now I know exactly. why this, uh, why I need this tool." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool, uh, Tina. Thank you very much for joining the show today. It's been a pleasure having a chat with you and learning a little bit more about Social Web Suite. Um, if for those listeners, like, is there any other advice that you'd like to leave them with, or anything that you recommend them checking out before you say goodbye? Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, if anybody has any questions, you can always find me at Tina at socialwebsuite.com. Send me an email and I will be happy to help uh, with uh, uh, our experience, <laughs> share our experience, and hopefully it will help somebody else. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much, Tina. It's been a pleasure having you today and uh, wish you best of luck now as you go forward to this next phase of growth. Thank you so much and thank you for having me here and I hope that uh, I help at least two people yeah. out there <laughs> with my advices. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with churn.fm, and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you, and you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. 
See you again next week.